Hello, and welcome back to Family Engagement Fridays. Today, we are going to hear from Andy Gallegos and Mary Cooner, early literacy librarians with the Arapahoe Library District. Good morning, Mary and Andy. Good morning. Good morning. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do? Sure. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so again, my name is Andy Gallegos, and I'm an early literacy librarian with Arapahoe Libraries. And um, in, in a nutshell, I feel that a huge portion of what we do is that we are we're sharing early literacy information with the community uh, with an outcome of helping to get our youngest in the community ready to read and write when they enter school. And I do that by by um, running a volunteer program, as well as just doing other things like content creation on our website for the library. Great. Thanks, Andy. Um, my name is Mary Cooner, and I'm an, also an early literacy librarian with Arapahoe Libraries. Um, I've been with this library system for about six, seven years now, um, and I've been in this line of work for about 24 years now, so always working with young children and their families, which has been a great pleasure and joy in my life. And I think Andy said it um, best about what we, what our goals are in our department in the library. And my primary role is facilitating and managing the um, Learning on the Go program, which is a story time and uh, early learning activity program that we run both in person and via mail um, here in the library. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find out more about both of our programs via our website. Thank you. So you both say that you're focused on caregivers helping their children to get ready to read. Um, why is that important? Well, it's important because um, young children's um, brain development is growing quite rapidly when they're first born. Um, young children are only born with about 25% of their brain developed. It's one of the few organs in our body. I think it's the only organ in our body that isn't fully developed when we're born. Um, and so there's a lot of that brain development is happening in the first, primarily the first three years of life before a child ever enters any kind of formal schooling. Um, and by the age of three, their brains can have grown to up to 75, 85%. By the time they enter kindergarten, their brains are about 95% developed. So everything that um, parents and caregivers are doing with their young children before uh, they start school is helping them to get ready for school and for learning to read. Um, and so uh, learning to read begins, really does begin at birth. And uh, some uh, people think it's odd to be reading to a baby who maybe isn't responding, but um, they are hearing your words and they're learning about language and they're gaining quite a bit from just um, listening to your voice. And uh, um, it also uh, has been proven that babies who feel safe and happy and loved are better learners. So just being able to spend time with a, a caring adult um, who loves them and keeps them safe is actually helping them to learn even better. So reading with young children can absolutely set them on the road to um, becoming readers as they grow up. Definitely. Thank you. Andy, did you have anything to add to that point? No, I, I think Mary, Mary hit it right on the head, um, that reading from beginning of birth. That's what we do. Yeah, thank you for sharing about some of the brain development too. I find that very interesting. And yeah, reading to 
even I even heard of, of parents reading to uh, their unborn baby, you know, and how important that is as well, that it's never too early to start reading. Absolutely. So what are some of the things you recommend caregivers do to prepare children to read? So uh, what we recommend um, is what we, we call the five early literacy practices. And those are read, talk, sing, write, and play. And so we'll touch on um, each one of these components and, um, and some examples and, and why we recommend them. And so I'll, I'll start really quickly with read um, in that. So we're talking about um, our little ones uh, being exposed to books, books and reading. And, um, and this is really important and we encourage it because reading helps to develop uh, language and listening skills. Um, we also like to highlight that reading should be an enjoyable experience in that uh, we, want, we want there to be happiness surrounded um, by the reading that happens between a caregiver and, and their young one. Um, I do want to also mention that um, I feel that some folks are maybe a little scared of that reading aspect of maybe they don't know how to do different voices or they're just unsure of how the reading should be done. And, um, and the simplest way that I can put it is that the, the reading is the most valuable piece. You don't need to be an expert on these voices or do something really spectacular. Um, it's the actual sharing of that language via the book as a tool that's gonna make the most difference. And, um, and books are also that important because they are that gateway to the world, is that a child experiences what they have immediately in front of them and they're going, and the book's gonna be able to broaden that. They're gonna be able to experience various things that they wouldn't normally have had a chance to. So the second uh, aspect of, or the second practice that we encourage parents to engage in with their young ones to help them get ready to learn to read is simply talking to them, which seems kind of um, intuitive, but uh, you'd be surprised that sometimes when it comes down to just having a conversation with a young child, it can feel maybe a little strange or awkward, or you don't realize sometimes how often your conversation just involves one or two words or saying the word no or stop that <laughs> a lot. I know that can happen with young children. Um, but um, even with babies, uh, talking to them is important. And the way you can do that um, is just by responding to the noises they make and their babbling. Um, they're learning that way how communication works and that um, when they make noise, um, just like talking, that you will respond so that they know that they can um, communicate with you. Um, you can talk about what you're doing as you go about their day, um, but you do not have to narrate your whole day. I know that <laughs> that's something that people worry that they should be doing. No, you don't have to constantly talk to your baby, but definitely it helps to do some talking. Um, when your child gets older and is using their words with you, um, you can use different kinds of vocabulary. Um, they're helping, you're helping them to build the, their word knowledge, how many words they know. Um, you're giving them opportunities also as they're talking to you to grow their own language skills. Um, and so one of the best things you can do is trying to ask them open-ended questions, which are questions that don't have a one-word answer. Um, so when you're sharing a book together, you can ask, I wonder what that character is thinking or what do you think will happen next? Um, and you can do that just in your everyday conversations too. ask your child. Can you tell me more about um, what you're drawing? Can you um, what can you uh, um, tell me a little bit more about, you know, uh, what you're building? So 
uh, giving them opportunities to use lots of words and language um, has really been shown in studies to be a great pre precursor to uh, learning to read and also all kinds of early learning skills. Um, another way you can incorporate more talk in your everyday lives is by choosing wordless books and your library can help you find books that don't have any words in them and then you can just uh, together make up your own story, um, whatever you think is happening by reading the pictures. So talking is important. And also uh, sharing books and reading books together allows children to hear many more unique words than they would hear in everyday conversation. We really don't use a lot of variety in our vocabulary when we're just having conversations. So sharing books um, exposes them to a lot more different unique words. Yeah, And then kind of jumping off that with words, um, when we talk about the practice of sing um, and singing uh, both to our little ones and also encouraging them to sing, is that this is important because singing, it changes the pace at which we are engaging with language, whether it's we're speeding up or we're slowing down, but it's giving us a chance uh, or giving our little ones the chance to hear and distinguish those individual sounds in the language. And, and that's a very important skill because as they start getting older and they're about to get into school and they're gonna start learning to read and write, they're going to need those kind of building block skills of being able to take something apart when they listen to it. And likewise, building something together when they're trying to put the sounds, the letters and everything into action. And um, and it's also it's it's also fun um, having an enjoyable time and making it a positive experience for a little one that, that that really sets the stage for how well they're going to be receptive to everything that you're doing and just and wanting to do it again and again. Um, and not to mention when little children are singing songs, they're practicing their oral language. They're working on a skill that they're going to use the rest of their life, being able to communicate from one person to another. And then also in, um, in singing, it's actually when doing performing singing and listening to singing or even music in general, it's activating different areas of the brain. So you're activating areas that are talking, that are using memory, that they're using reasoning, and they're um, also activating speech and emotion, which are all key features that um, that children are developing rapidly within those um, those first few years. And um, and then like and if you can imagine um, with that memory piece is that if you've heard a song over and over again or you heard something that you really enjoyed, it really sticks with you. It sticks with you in your brain. And uh, I don't know how many of us can recall either a jingle that we heard on a commercial or a song that we knew when we were growing up, you can just recite it right, right off, um, just from listening to a tune. All right, the next practice that we encourage parents to engage in um, is writing. And I know that might seem strange when you're thinking of babies and toddlers who are not writing words yet, um, but there are ways that you can get ready to write um, with very young children. Um, so developing writing skills does not necessarily just mean learning to hold a pen or a pencil. That will come a little bit later. Um, but for babies especially, it means developing fine motor, small muscle skills like the muscles in your hands and your fingers. Also developing your core strength so that you can sit up at a table and draw or write. Um, so for our hands and fingers, we need to be ready to hold a pen or a pencil uh, steady in order to be able to write. So any activities that involve squeezing or pinching or grabbing or pushing or using our little fingers to pick things up, 
those also help build that finger strength that will be needed later on for writing. Um, giving your baby a toy just out of reach so that they have to reach for it and, and try to grab it. That's an easy activity you can do with a baby. Uh, Play-Doh is great for developing finger strength. Picking things up like, you know, a bowl of Cheerios or Cheerios on your tray and having to use your, your little fingers to pick them up or using tongs to grab things. And even just having crayons or, or markers out and just coloring in whatever way you know how. Um, definitely gets ready, gets young children ready to write. And another part of that is uh, noticing and learning all the ways that we use writing in our society. Uh, writing doesn't just mean writing down stories, but it also means lists, letters, signs. There is writing and print all around us in the world and helping your child notice that, pointing words out as you see them, writing things down like a recipe or a list together. All of those help build um, writing skills. Um, so it's all actually pretty, pretty simple to help your kid get ready to write. And that kind of leads into our, our last um, early literacy practice as play. And um, earlier, Mary and I were talking about, uh, we're talking about a, um, a phrase uh, coined by Jean Piaget that play is the work of childhood. And then later thinking about Fred Rogers speaking that for children, play is serious learning. And, um, and it's, it's very true in that play is the spot where everything kind of comes together and a child is not just having fun, but they are also, they're putting what they know about the world into action. They're getting a chance to take, to make, create an experience of their own where they take what they've learned, but then they bring it to their own interests and they're able to explore and expand upon the things that really are valuable to them and what they really enjoy doing. And play can be something independent, or it can also be in a group um, in that, that there doesn't need to be multiple bodies in the same space for play and learning to be happening all at the same time. So we do encourage adults uh, to be involved in play with their little ones whenever possible, and that there's just much more um, impact that can happen when there is a an older, more mature being that's kind of facilitating and guiding the play with their little ones. And having, having young children be that, be that lead when they are doing the play, that they are making the decisions, they're guiding the story, or they're making changes as things pop up or happen that are unexpected. And that can be extremely valuable in that moment. Not to mention being able to share that between an adult and a young child and having that fun, playful, and loving and comforting bond that only does wonders um, for, for a young child's outlook and feeling of self-esteem within themselves. And um, something also that we really try to encourage and share within the library space um, to caregivers is that play, play does not have to be expensive. Uh, play doesn't mean that you have to go to Lakeshore Learning and then buy the most expensive brand new toy that's on the shelf in that Little ones are learning um, kind of from the ground up that they don't necessarily know that there's a big, bright, shiny, flashy toy that's out there somewhere is that they're interested exactly what's right around them. And that all we need to do is kind of tune in and encourage that kind of um, that kind of play and stimulation. So as an example, and this can be for a variety of ages, uh, but even just finding household items that you would typically see in the house. Of course, we want to encourage being safe, having them being appropriate for little ones, but even going through, say, the kitchen, 
pulling out some old pots and pans, maybe providing them with um, with some spoons and letting them uh, tum out um, some drum rhythms and they're able to hear these sounds and and typically they'll hear differences in the sounds. And then you can bring out another object and have them compare. And um, even though maybe a young child, a baby or a toddler is not fully understanding that they are actually working with concepts of listening and being able to distinguish language and sounds or working on math or STEM concepts, but they truly are working on it from that very foundational level. And they get to explore it and having fun all at the same time. And, and I, I think most folks would agree that when learning something new or, ex, or trying to um, learn a new skill, it always goes a lot better when you have a smile on your face and you're enjoying exactly what you're doing. Thank you so much for all that information. Who knew of all the things that caregivers do like every day that it really has a purpose and it's really helping children learn how to read. I think a lot of these things we just kind of take for granted that we read to children, we talk, we sing, we write, and we play, but um, maybe being maybe a little more intentional might really support that learning of that beginning to read. So how does the library support caregivers to do those things? Thank you. Yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, just what you said that it, we don't, parents don't have to feel like they have an advanced master's degree or any special training in order to be a wonderful teacher to their child simply by doing the things that they're already doing, reading, talking, singing, writing, and playing, um, they are actually helping their child grow immensely. So uh, just keep doing that. And that's absolutely one of the things we encourage in the library is helping to facilitate that for parents and helping give them the tools. Um, they can do that. And not just in Arapahoe libraries, but in all libraries, generally, you can uh, have access to lots of free different kinds of materials, of course, books to borrow. Um, many libraries, not all, but many libraries now are completely fine free, meaning if you return the books late, you, there's no charge. Um, so it's absolutely a great deal and a great way for you to continue to have lots of books available for your children to use. We've got online tools, books and audio. We've got movies you can borrow. We've got uh, things like at our library system, leap, leap pads and um, wonder books, which are books that have an audio embedded in them. Um, so lots of just uh, lots of options to borrow and use for free. Um, additionally, most libraries will offer some sort of advisory services, meaning that you can always ask the librarians to recommend books for your child. Um, I don't. I can speak for I think most librarians when I say we absolutely love talking about books <laughs> and recommending them to families. So if there's something your child is particularly interested or a book they really loved, um, talk to your local librarian and say, hey, what else do you have that my my little one might um, enjoy? Um, we are experts and we read tons of books, so we are ready and willing to help you with that. Um, our library system also offers something called educator support and ask librarian where people can sign up to get us uh, to get book lists that we will create for them and or they can set up a time to meet with a librarian and get a more in-depth answer to a question. Um, I know we've met with parents to talk about uh, the preschool process. Um, I've, I've talked to parents about uh, raising bilingual children. And even if we don't, we're not the experts in everything, we certainly know how to find resources that will help um, parents and caregivers inform themselves on issues related to their young children. Um, 
most libraries, I think, have great early learning spaces in their children's area um, with toys and activities, things that you can do and just go go and be in the library and play and have a nice time together. Um, again, as Andy said, you don't need to buy a lot of expensive things. And um, sometimes the library will purchase some more of those special fancy learning tools that um, you can try out at the library. Um, and of course, we have our staple, our story time programs for all ages. Pretty much um, every library offers some form of story time for young children. So check out what's available at your library. Um, we we have our special programs, as, as we mentioned earlier, our learning on the go. And we also do programs for parents and caregivers specifically. Um, we have some online parenting strategies programs. And then in August, we are bringing in a speaker. Uh, her name is Allie McDonald, and she is a preschool teacher and founder of No Time for Flashcards. And she's going to be talking specifically to parents and doing a workshop with parents on different easy activities to do at home to help your child get ready to learn and to give your child some of those preschool learning skills at home. So uh, look for that on the Arapahoe Library's website and sign up to attend that in person. Well, thank you so much. You've given us so much information. I, libraries are such a great resource, and it's great um, hearing from you and all the expertise you have to share with us. We're so glad that you're available and here for us today. Is there anything else you would like to share that we haven't talked about yet? I, I would like to share just a little bit more. Um, first thing is come and see us uh, or go and see your library whether that means going to into their physical um, building spaces or trying to find them online in that uh, I think, I think most folks will find that when they go to visit a library, they'll find that it's welcoming. They'll find that um, this is a place that is truly meant for the community. And of course, for our youngest part of the community too. So I just wanted to kind of uh, reiterate that libraries have been changing for quite some time in that used to be a space where it was super quiet, only high level intellectual studying was going on. And, um, and even though that is, that is still happening in libraries and they are also, they're also spaces for everyone and that you'll be able to find probably a dozen different resources or different pieces of support that your library can help you with and thereby helping um, any young children uh, that you care, that you care for. Um, so that's what I would like to share. Libraries aren't the quiet, silent places you, you thought they were. Children mm -hmm. are most welcome in the library and our children's spaces are noisy and there's lots of fun happening. So please bring your children to the library. Thank you so much, uh, Mary and Andy, for joining us today. We've learned, a, I know I've learned a lot and um, about um, libraries and how we help our children read and Thank you for sharing your expertise today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us.